This episode of Put Your Hands Together is sponsored by Hello from the Magic Tavern. Hello from the Magic Tavern is a fully improvised comedy chat show set in the fantasy land of Foon. It's like Cheers in Middle Earth, or It's Always Sunny in Narnia. Some of the Earwolf regulars that have been on the recently include Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, Tony Newsom, all are friends of mine. You can start at the beginning to follow the whole story or jump in any episode that sounds appealing. Listen to new episodes of Hello from the Magic Tavern every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Put Your Hands Together listeners, Cammie here. I wanted to let you know that I will be in London on September 13th to do my podcast query as part of the London Podcast Festival. I will also be at the Soho Theater for that whole week, but those shows are all sold out. So if you want to come see me in London, coming to put, coming to see a live episode of Query is your shot. Also, this fall, I will be in Chicago, Ann Arbor, Louisville, Kentucky, Bloomington, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, Philly, Boston, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, D.C., Denver, and more dates are being added in more cities soon. You can go to CameronEsposito.com slash tour for tickets to any of the shows I just mentioned. Enjoy the show. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Well, it's nice to be here. It's nice to be back in uh, Los Angeles. We've got a great show tonight. The other comics, they can hear you. Let's hear it for them. They're in back. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Shit is, my life is, look, my life is not going, I'm having some stupid stuff in my personal life right now, and that's a bummer because every shirt I own is really fun. It's a problem. (laughs) Like, I really wish I had thought about sadness ever happening to me when I bought my entire wardrobe. Because um, it's just a lot of florals, or like, what is this? Like a fucking, like a blue, like a blue cheetah? Like, what are we doing? This is my saddest shirt. So, and I'm not gonna sit on the fucking stool. I'm not Mark Marin. like, I'm not any of that. Like, so, I'm very high energy and happy all the time. I want to yell at you about social justice. And I bought the shirts that would offset that yelling. And so now I'm having a, I'm having a difficult time with this new brand um, that I'm calling Man Who Does Stand-Up Comedy. Okay, it doesn't matter, but that was funny. He's a little sad. Okay, um, these are good jokes, actually. I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about when I got out here. So far, I love everything I've said. <laughs> I really stand by it. The last thing I just said, oh man. Hang on a second, I gotta write that down, that's funny. Man who does stand-up comedy, it's funny. Okay, okay, great. Okay. Uh, it's great to be here with you. At this beautiful, uh, at this beautiful theater that feels like home, I just had a. I don't want you to think 
oh, like, I know you're, you're like, Cammy, what's it like when you're at your lowest, you know? I'm still very cool. <laughs> Two days ago, I threw out a first pitch for the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> My hometown. Um, I know you're like finishing up a text, but I wish that you knew how much it looks like you're telling a spooky story <laughs> at a sleepover. <laughs> the funny thing is, when people are trying to hide their phones, it shows they put it lower, which makes it more, it makes it scarier. <laughs> it's right from below. What is your scariest story? What were you gonna tell us? What is the scariest story you have? Is it about a ghost? Does she unwrap the ribbon? Ah, her head falls off. What is it? Oh, this is it? Ah, pow, pow. We're all living in a nightmare. Um, <laughs> okay. Do you know what? Do you want to hear do you want to hear a tip? If you're a really scared person, you could watch a quiet place on a plane. I did. I learned that. Gave it a test so, to see if I could do it. Oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> Different fears going on. You know what I mean? It's actually better if it's turbulent. Because then you're like, well, I'm having a different fear. <laughs> than what's going on in this movie. This is a noise fear. And I'm having a falling to my death fear. I'm actually not even scared of this at all. I can totally watch this. Which is great. I love Emily Blunt. Her husband also seems fine and talented. I'm just saying, I'm, I, I watched it for her. I'm 100%. A little bit for the plot, mostly for her. I loved Edge of Tomorrow. That was a really good movie. She's amazing in it. It's really important to watch her do yoga. Look, if you didn't see that movie, I'm not going to catch you up. This is, it's your mistake. Um, anyway. Oh, I threw out a, fir- a first pitch. Motherfuckers. Well, first of all, I do want you to know that on this particular day, there were two first pitches, and the other person throwing a first pitch was Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) And I don't have more information than that, because he was introduced to me as Abraham Lincoln. I will tell you he was wearing an Abraham Lincoln outfit. He had an Abraham Lincoln face, Abraham Lincoln beard, and a tall hat. So, I got to throw first. So technically, he was the second pitch. Um, this is what I said when I met him. What are the two most important people from Illinois? That's what I said to him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why he was there. That's a great question. Um, my pitch was better because he had such a restrictive jacket on. I think I have to really give him like a little bit of credit on that like it wasn't I mean it was his fault he should have you know worn tearaway sleeves or something but he didn't (laughs) no I uh, got to walk out of the dugout that was fucking cool as hell my name up on the old uh, jumbotron which are new at Wrigley so like that's even just to see a jumbotron is amazing and then you're up there with your body and I had my jersey on says Esposito oh man you know it was me I was out there and I uh I threw a strike I threw a fucking strike from the mound this is just really true it's really true the organization said that I came they said that was a strike I'm like well you know what honestly put me on the team like truly 
truly. I can throw one strike every 36 years <laughs> from the mound. I was so stressed out. I was so nervous. There are photographs of me with my parents, and I just look doubt, like so angry, but it's just because I was like, let me get, let me get this over with. And it was a thousand degrees. Um, but boy, did I really survive that and do a great job. And then the, the boys that do actually play professionally then had to play a full game. But like, I really was most impressed with myself. <laughs> Was it just so hot? Um, yeah, it was, it was it was pretty cool. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I was thinking about you know what's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in baseball? What? <laughs> Sad Cammy doesn't even want to do work. Just make you. Um, I saw Michael Jordan play baseball. Do you, even, do you even know who Michael Jordan is? It doesn't matter. He's from the past. He was in a movie with Bugs Bunny. And that's all. Emily Blunt. And she does, it doesn't matter. But you should know all of these things. These are all references that are important. Um, she's so attractive in that movie. When she's quiet. She's also attractive when she's loud and yelling at Tom Cruise. Shut up! You know? Oh, I saw the Mission Impossible, which is like, I get it. At this point, we're all just like, I don't know if we should support this man. Like, I get it. I don't, I feel weird. But I do want to see him do those stunts. <laughs> and then my, this is literally what I leaned over to my friend and said, this is the kind of person I am. Fun. I'm a fun person. This is the kind of person I said, I go, how do they insure his face? It doesn't matter. Um, but that's a really good question. That's his own sense. He's wearing a he's riding a motorcycle, no helmet. That's like an expensive face. What are you gonna do if he wrecks that face? Cast Tignataro. It doesn't matter. My point is, <laughs> I'm killing. I'm killing. <laughs> so I saw Michael Jordan play baseball, and it was like so he quit basketball for a while. He played baseball for the Chicago White Sox. I went to spring training and I watched him play baseball and then he went back to basketball. When he went back to basketball, he like beefed up and got like big arms and stuff, which is then why. But then LeBron James was like, actually, these are, anyway, it doesn't matter, but <laughs> these are actually big arms. That's what he said. He was four at the time and he was like, these are actually big arms. And they were like, you're in, you know? And he was like, I'm going to play in high school first. Um, look. <laughs> so... I saw Michael, uh, I saw Michael, we, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I call him, and he doesn't call me anything. Uh, he doesn't know me at all. We don't know each other, but um, I have eaten at his steakhouse. I think it's closed, but he used to sell steaks. There was a time in the 90s when a lot of people sold steaks. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, he sold steaks. Michael Jordan, yes. Harry Carey, and that's a Will Ferrell character. Look, I don't have to explain everything to you, but I am, and I can kind of roll it out, and you can try to keep up. Um... You don't even realize baseball is a sport where everybody has kind of the same body. You don't even realize how giant they are because you only ever see them with each other. Like you never, never does the baseball player then go like, actually, I'm going to take, a, I'm going to uh, just run to the laundromat real quick because I have to pick up my uniform. Like it's like they're always together and uh, they look normal. They look like they have normative bodies uh, until Michael Jordan joins them pre-workout Michael Jordan who uh, looked like, um, 
and see. I haven't seen The Incredibles enough, but remember that skinny guy? That guy. <laughs> Thank you, Frozone. I hear you. You don't even need to say it loud. Because I've seen that movie, A Quiet Place. So my ears are... Frozone, and I kill you. Um, that was a test. You were supposed to shut up. because different stuff is working for different people but it's all working <laughs> anyway I uh, <laughs> I also went and performed in um, Provincetown, Massachusetts do you know what Provincetown, Massachusetts is? It's Massachusetts, Cape Cod is like, a, like an arm that is very large but you can't see it because it's got a leather jacket on and <laughs> Provincetown is like the very end, like the, like the knuckle, this knuckle, it's like the end, it's literally like the end of the United States. Like, well, Florida too, but then it's like, whoop, it's, um, yeah, if, you know, Florida's the one, if, it's like that. Um, <laughs> this leg is Central America. Um, but, Provincetown's also a gay resort community because the gay people were just like, is this far enough? Is this far? No, the end? Okay. <laughs> There's literally, it's just the ocean. There's nothing after that. The only thing after that's the ocean, and that's how gay cruise culture was born. They fell into the water, they got picked up by a passing boat. There's nowhere else you can go. Provincetown is really fun. I went a lot in my early 20s when I was um, just coming out and I was a dating woman, but I was at college and my college, you couldn't come out. You could get kicked out of school for being gay. So she and I, we would drive uh, the length of Cape Cod just to sort of stand around and go, well, you know, and then leave. <laughs> I don't know. It was very intimidating. I then, when I was in my 20s, I did a sh I performed there and I haven't performed there since and it was like it was it was just it was just a bad booking because there are um, different weeks that have themes in the summer in Provincetown and uh, one of them is like like they'll be like bear week or like family week or like women's week we get like literally one week it's like it's the men it's literally like otter from Iowa City Iowa that has a degree in and likes black men and isn't black man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that specific and it's just like, women! So anyway, um... <laughs> but... <laughs> I got booked to do shows there during Twink Week, which I didn't realize until I got there. And then I was just like, I just... And you have to busk outside of your show. You have to hand out flyers and be like, come see this! And I mean, I, I stood there the whole week and just was like, don't come to this. Like, you shouldn't come. Like, this is... <laughs> If you're looking for these things, in here it's just long stories and movie references. <laughs> and it's me, and I don't think, um, I didn't have this haircut at the time, but now I think maybe, like, maybe my twink. Um, a twink that is dating Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a Spike reference, it doesn't matter. You, you didn't get it. Uh, look. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.
I had to take a fast ferry. I didn't have to take a fast ferry. I chose to take a fast ferry. <laughs> there are a couple ferries. One of them is regular ferry. One of them is fast ferry. Well, what are you going to fucking choose? <laughs> what are you, an idiot? <laughs> you can also drive the length of Cape Cod, but there's one road. And it just, and it, the whole thing is just, a, is just a stopped. And then also there's no way to, anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, no, you're not going to do that. You can fly there, but I'm not getting in that plane. No, I'm not. It's a tiny plane, lands in the ocean. No, okay. Um, the tiniest plane I've ever gotten in when I, when I flew to Telluride, Colorado, you can't even fly in there commercially anymore. It's the most dangerous airport in the United States uh, because just planes just crash into the side of a mountain. Um, and so you, can't, you can only fly in there privately because you're so rich that you're, your face is insured, so you don't mind. Um, but <laughs> I flew into Telluride was going to fly out of Telluride. This is what the person said who picked me up at the airport. Oh my God, did you see the crash on the way in? It was a fresh crash. Fresh crash. Um, Anyway, so I took the fast ferry. It goes legitimately so fast. And it was real rough seas. It was real rough seas. And, uh... They just go like, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. I can't do a Boston accent. I lived there for a long time. I don't care. Um, This is going to be like really rough. We're fine with it. We do this all the time. You're probably not going to love it. Good luck. People were barfing. Screaming, (laughs) giving meaningful eye contact. (laughs) Except for the two women that were facing me, and which meant that they were traveling backwards. What are you, maniacs? (laughs) Who were like older women from Boston with very thick accents that were just on the phone. Service the whole time. We were in the open ocean. They were just like, nah, it's pretty rough. We'll be in whenever. Pick us up and stone them. Like, whatever they were saying. It was really impressive. Those are the women I want to be. (laughs) Sitting backwards on the fast ferry, not giving too much of a shit. Well, I've done great. Um, What a great opening. What a great opening. Wow. She was all over the place. She made me feel at home. She covered a lot, and it was all relevant to me, the, the audience, connected with each, with each one of those stories. Well, great. Thank you so much. Friends, we got a great rest of the show. Are you ready for your first guest comedian? So excited for you. I love when this comic stops by. They're hilarious. Let's hear it right now for Julia Rossi. Give it up. Keep it going for Julia. Amazing. Hey, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. Bring up your next comic. How do you feel about that? I knew you would love it. And what? What are you saying? <laughs> Loudly, but also in a mumbly way. <laughs> Speak clearly. What did you say? In a mumbly way? 
What? Oh my God, why is this happening? What are the words that you said out of your mouth? What did you say? What? Oh, it's your first time here? I'm really enjoying it. No, it's very good, I agree. I'm, I'm charming, the show's good. Here's how, the, here's how it goes, you... And then we... But sometimes I might go like, how was your day? And then you're like, oh my God, me? And I'm like, yeah, you. And you're like, I feel so seen. So that might happen too. But anyway, thanks for coming. Let's hear it for this new friend. Friends, this great new com- this great new comic. They're not new. They've been here before, and they're not new to comedy. This this old comic who's young. Look, I'm doing the best I fucking can. Hilarious person. We love it when they are at the show. Let's hear it right now for Brent Sullivan. Yay! Give it up. everyone what do you say we keep it going one more time for everyone so so I've been doing stand-up about 10 years and I think if you told me this when I'd started I wouldn't have believed you but about a decade in I have so few fans (laughs) that I know all of them by name. (laughs) And you might be wondering, what does that mean? I'll tell you. So probably everyone here really likes Meryl Streep, right? But even if you were the biggest fan of hers, you wouldn't send an email to MerylStreep at (laughs) gmail.com. Because she's not going to write your ass back. In fact, dare I suggest, Meryl Streep doesn't care about you. But if you send an email to Sullivan at gmail.com, You'll get a reply so quick you'll think it was an out-of-office auto-response. <laughs> and then I'm going to learn your name, look you up on Facebook, and learn everything about your life. Hey. <laughs> I have eight fans. I know them all by name. Case in point, I walked into the Starbucks on Sunset and Vine the other day, and lo and behold, there was Keith. <laughs> <laughs> like, number two fan in the flesh. Uh... We saw each other. He was excited to see me, not nearly as excited as I was to see him, which is not how it's supposed to go. (laughs) I would say his level of excitement was closer to walking into a bar and seeing your favorite beer on tap. (laughs) Just, uh, oh. Oh, cool. All right. That's great. And uh, imagine mine right around winning 40 grand from a slot machine. Uh, just way too eager. I got an email from number six recently, too, uh, because I just released an album. It's called Barf City. You can buy it on Amazon or iTunes. You don't fucking care. Um, but I got an email uh, from Becky, and I want to read it for you. She's in North, North Dakota. <clears throat> she said, hey, Brent, just bought your album. Congratulations. It couldn't be better. Thank you so much, Becky. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes it blows me away that you're not more successful. Okay. <laughs> a 
hey Becky, could you shut the hell up, please? If you don't mind. That's from my fan. Passive aggressive email to get from your fan. She's just like, hey Brent, just bought your album. Couldn't be better. Quick question. What's your end game here? <laughs> I, uh, I'm from Michigan. I was visiting my parents recently, and my dad was leaving the house at one point. And I was like, hey, can you go get me some ice cream? He said, sure thing. What would you like? Chocolate or vanilla? Dad, I would like you to know that it's no longer 1922. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be more choices than that because you're going to a grocery store, not a Russian summer camp. No, Dad, I want rhubarb ice cream with cheesecake in it. I want it locale, non-GMO, and the CEO of the ice cream company must be a Democrat. Because that is all I care about as a piece of shit millennial. I was looking around earlier. This crowd is full of almost exclusively millennials. And every one of us is a huge piece of shit. Absolutely no exceptions. Case in point, the closest I ever came to a fist fight was when I shoved a stranger because he wouldn't let me pet his dog. <laughs> Here's another fun one. Uh, earlier today, I was going to Google something, but in the time it took me to lift my phone off my desk, completely forgot. <laughs> no idea. Have no idea what I was going to Google. Never came back to me. Here's another fun one. <clears throat> the first time I got a flat tire, I called 911. <laughs> Just not worth living, guys. That's all I'm saying. I, uh, I was flirting uh, recently online on Instagram with a Russian gymnast. Uh, I put flirting in quotes. Uh, because everything we were saying to each other was translated via Google Translate, which sucks some of the fun out of it. Uh, also, dirty talking with a Russian dude is the emotional equivalent of shouting at your dog. Uh, I say that because the first compliment that he gave me <clears throat> was as follows. Your face, not bad. <laughs> Though could be more good. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful message. Thank you, Liev. I appreciate that. But uh, we had been talking for like a day before he offered to send me a mature video of himself in exchange for 2,000 rubles. And I thought to myself... That sounds like a great deal. <laughs> I'm definitely going to send him that money. Mostly because I love amateur porn. I'm over high production value porn. I'm done with it. 
I'm done with perfect looking people, good bodies, nice faces, shaven. Give me some fucking degenerate. <laughs> with a rat tail and back. Some nasty mustache right there. Still living in his parents' basement. Jerking off in front of, like, his dad's owl clock or something dumb. <laughs> Just remind me that it's real. <clears throat> so I send him the money, uh, which ends up being like 30 bucks. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. 2,000 rubles is like 30 bucks. I sent him the money, and he instantaneously blocked me on Instagram. I know. But you know what, guys? I'm a fucking American. And it's bad enough that he helped elect Trump. <laughs> now he's fucking me over on jerk-off vids? No thanks. No. I'm gonna fight back. <clears throat> so I still had his email. That's how I sent him the money. So I translated you are shit into Russian. And I emailed it to him 100 times before he finally wrote back, I'm gonna kill you. And then I stopped. <laughs> question is, did I win? People usually. Oh, you're the first one that nodded ever. Uh, thank you so much. <clears throat> I, was at, uh, I was at Target recently, and they had one of these claw machines <clears throat> where you put like a quarter in, and the claw goes around and tries to pick up a toy out of like a small plastic bubble. So I saw this machine, and I was like, you know what? I've had a pretty good month. I'm going to play. I ended up spending $12 uh, <clears throat> on this machine. Now, before I tell you the, the toy I received, I want you to think in your head what would be an ideal toy for, say, an eight-year-old that just sunk his entire allowance into this machine. When I tell you that the toy I received was three orange press-on nails. <laughs> Not even a whole hand, guys. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. I, I put them on and I pretended I was like a half-assed Hot Topic cashier for a few minutes and that was it. All right, thanks everyone. This episode of Put Your Hands Together is sponsored by Casper. Say goodbye to summer with Casper by taking advantage of Casper's limited time Labor Day offer. Casper's expert team of engineers and designers Research, prototype, and test their mattresses so that they can meet the needs of all kinds of sleepers. Trust me, I have one. But you can try a Casper for 100 days in your own home, risk-free. If you're not in love, they'll come pick it up and refund you everything, no questions asked. What I like about it, Casper mattress, this really red foam surface that makes my body feel cozy. Also, it's pretty breathable. I sleep hot and it keeps me cool at night. Oh, friends, for a limited time, visit casper.com slash savings and get 10% off any order with a mattress purchase. This special offer expires September 3rd, 2018. That's like roll soon. So act now. Casper.com slash savings, 10% off any order with a mattress purchase before September 3rd. Terms and conditions apply. Keep it going for Brent. Oh, 
friends. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fine. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> what happened? What happened in your day today? Um, I had to treat yourself today. What? What did you do when you treated yourself today? Great. What kind of massage? Let's start there. Uh, the tissue, what are we talking about? Do they put smells in the room? What do we need? Put crystals on me. Crystals on you, yep. Sounds like LA to me. <laughs> that sounds good. Yes. What kind of crystals do you know? Do I know? Yeah. Uh, some, like, personally? <laughs> yeah, do you personally know about <laughs> what kind of crystals? I, look. What, have you never been to a crystal store? There's, like, different kinds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, those are the answers I was looking for. Amazing. That's great. Okay. Got it. Post amethyst. What happened next? Uh, came here. Came here? Oh. What a treat yourself did. Literally, like, you blew it out. Yeah. Nailed it. Grabbed all the things. Uh, beautiful. I'm so happy to hear that. I hope that you feel relaxed. I hope that you feel all lined up and loose. You know what I mean? Okay. I have a really gnarly shoulder on my right side. Uh, it's it's from... I swear to God, look. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going through some shit. Wait do you hear what I'm going to say next. I, I swear to God, I believe it is from loneliness. <laughs> from being on the road I started to get it when I was on the road and then I like years ago and then I would just be like at, in the room after the show at the, and my shoulder would get uh, cranked up and then um, look what I'm trying to tell you is this job is perfect <laughs> um, I went to get a massage not too long ago and the woman said she was worried about me because of touching my shoulder I said lady look my healer never says that to me and that is a perfect L.A. conversation. <laughs> I'm worried about you from touching your shoulders. Seems like a lot of stuff to work out. Look, my healer has never said that. <laughs> I do have a healer. He has a therapy parakeet. Th a therakeet. <laughs> he doesn't know that you can just combine those words and say it like that. <laughs> How was your day? That was good. Yeah, what'd you do? I'm just, I'm here visiting from the Bay. Amazing. Yeah. How'd you get down here? Fly, I drove. Flew, I flew southwest to Burbank, so uh, easy. Is it? <laughs> Sometimes it isn't. It was easy. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. One time, this is a true story. Uh, Rhea Butcher, do you know Rhea Butcher? Rhea Butcher and I were getting on a plane, flying southwest, from the Bay Area. Mm, might have been Portland. If, when you hear this story, you're going to be like, I, if it was Portland, that's worse. Um, <laughs> got on a plane, and you know how you are supposed to line up by your numbers? Yeah. And um, I follow the rules. <laughs> uh, I walked up to two people that were like in the line, and I was like, oh, what numbers are you? And they were like, three and four. And we were like, oh, we're one and two. So we'll just go in front of you. Because that's... What is supposed to happen? These people got loudly angry. They started saying things out loud, like... But these are also adults. Like, the most, like, just like, This is cutting! Like, these kinds of things where I'm like, 
why, where I, like I literally turned to them and was like, why are there numbers, do you think? <laughs> like after, after they were, they were also pushing my backpack. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. Uh, it was not fine, but um, they started pushing my backpack and yeah, so I asked them, um, why do you think they're numbers? Because the, the numbers are, because that's the numbers. <laughs> Like, what do you think is supposed to, it's like, no, it goes like three, four, and then one and two. Five and six, that's how the numbers go. Um, so uh, right before we were about to get on the plane, they said really loudly, after you, sir, to me. And at the time I had my one long side, so I didn't look like a fucking sir. And instead I was like, oh, they're zeroing in on the fact that I'm gay and they're like gonna do some shit. So they got on the plane and then they sat. You know, you can pick your seats. We were one and two. They were three and four. Let me tell you what seats were available on the plane. Every seat. (laughs) They sat down next to us, like blocking us in and made a lot of eye contact. So I literally, I had to, I had to, I had to stand up and say to a flight attendant, um, like, this is a hate crime, essentially, because, like, it was going to turn into that. Like, these people were going to, like, intimidate us. There was some gay shit going on. Uh, here's how I know it was definitely going to go that direction, because they go, we're Republicans! So I'm just like, I don't even know why you're saying this. Um, but here's what Southwest did. They stopped the boarding process, uh, and then they had those folks move. They didn't kick them off the plane. I didn't ask for them to be kicked off the plane. They just had them move. And then there was like a little bit of a delay. And then they brought on a woman who was like a black woman with really short hair who I was like, oh, is this the like, this is like the hate crimes specialist <laughs> that is sent onto this plane because your boarding process is insane. Like, it's, like they have to have one on staff. She was very, very nice. She, like, fully saw what was going on. She believed us. That it was, like, really weird uh, and intense. Other things were said. Um, and then, as she was leaving the plane, she goes, by the way, love your stuff. Aww. Which is like, yeah, yeah, fucking people that are just locally here. Don't you think the hate crime specialist's gonna be a fan? Because they always are in every industry. I am out here doing the work. You bring out the hate crime specialist, they're gonna know. They'll be familiar with my catalog. (laughs) Anyway, it was an easy flight, everything was fine. I'm so happy to hear that. Let's hear it for these two friends. Well, guess what? This next comic is somebody I knew many moons ago in Chicago. It's great to have them on this show for their first time. So that's like a huge deal, right? Plus, they live in like Brooklyn now, so they had to like fly here. I don't know on what kind of plane. I don't know what kind of things happened on there. Wow. The dedication that they are bringing to you. That's what I want. I want disjointed woos. Please, let's hear it. Welcome to stage, mild pale Michael Joyce. Give it up. Yeah. 
Thank you, thank you. Let, let Cameron hear it one more time. That's right, the louder you get, the less her shoulder will hurt, right? It was good. Uh, yeah, this is my first time I'm living in Brooklyn. Actually, my first time in LA. Yeah, I can't believe how nice people are. <laughs> it's crazy. Who, who had the perfect LA uh, statement? You, you, you. Yeah, I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> I was just like, I, I, I'm in Brooklyn. I, there's a cab driver who, who, who yells curse words at me. Is that like a healer? Is that? I have a, I have a two-year-old daughter. Thank you. Any, any parents in here? Couple? Oh, nice. Got the sitters? No? Oh, he brought her with you. That's great. This is much better than babysitting. Uh, that's, so, that's so exciting. How, how old are you? 19. Okay. <laughs> I was afraid we were going to have to throw them out, you know? That's good, man. I, uh, like, I'm, most of my friends are comics, so not a, not a lot of them have kids. And uh, they're, they're always asking me, you know, what's it like to have a, have a child? And it's kind of hard to, to put into words without spouting a bunch of cliches, you know? Like, like the best way I can explain it is, like, I can't explain it to you, but it's the best feeling in the world. And, well, I actually didn't come up with that. Um, that was actually my friend who's addicted to heroin, describing heroin. <laughs> but uh, he doesn't mind if I borrow it, you know. He's borrowed a lot of my stuff, so. You do, you learn a lot when you become a, when you become a, a parent. Like, turns out I can swaddle. Yeah, that's when you wrap up a baby real tight so she can't move. I'm like the LeBron James of swaddling. Like, right after my baby was born, the nurse came in the room. She saw my, my baby all swaddled up, and she's like, oh, my God. Which, which nurse swaddled your baby? I was like, it was me. She's like, oh, my God. She came, she gave me a hug. She's like, how did you do that? I was like, well, I am really good at rolling blunts. You want this baby tighter? Give me some Swisher Sweets. <laughs> so she went down to the corner store. That baby slept all night. I do have a lot of single friends. They're always bragging to me about their sexual exploits. You know, I got, I got this one friend who's bragging to me. He's like, Mike, I had sex with three different women in one week. It's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't really impress me. You know? Like, if you want to impress me, Try having sex with someone after they get an alert that you overdrew your joint checking account. All right? That takes finesse. Why don't you come brag to me when you're getting laid at negative 250? I have been, I've been with the same woman for over 10 years now. And um, I just, I've, t I've completely lost the single, the single person instincts, you know? Like, who, who here is single? Clap it up. Okay. Usually it's a more a hungrier applause, you know? Because <laughs> the single people, you guys got to go out and hunt your prey. You know, you got the fangs. You got to go out and, and hunt for your, for your dinner. I don't know. Uh, but me, no, my, my shit's sanded down, you know? Like, I'm a plant eater now. But, like, back in the day, like, I was really good at at like spotting a, a woman out of my peripheral, right? Like three blocks away in a reflection of a toaster. But now nothing. And my single friends, they get so angry at me. 
So he'll be like, holy shit, Mike. Did, did you see that? I'm like, see what? Be like, you didn't see her, Mike? You didn't see her? It's like, nah, I was wondering how much it costs to heat this Home Depot. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of square footage in here. <laughs> I say this Home Depot's also pretty stacked, huh, fellas, huh? <laughs> That's how I lost my friends. Uh, I, uh, I can't tell if I'm getting older or if CBS is getting better. <laughs> right? I think they, they're just adding a lot of good shows, right? Right? I don't know. Julia was talking about it. Like, you, you get older, but you don't, you don't feel older, but, like, things just, things just start changing. Like, like, now I get reckless in different ways. Like, now when I get wasted... I donate to public radio. <laughs> yeah. Just like wake up the next morning like, what happened last night? And three days later, tote bags start arriving in the mail. <laughs> Terry Gross! <laughs> Not good. Not good, man. Not good at all. I have, um, I have a lot of black friends who have been bitten by my dog. Uh, all right, it was one. Uh, his name is Clark. He's, he's a black man, and he came over to my house, and my dog, he bit him. And I'm just like, oh, no. Is my dog racist? Because, like, I actually, um, I adopted my dog in, in Chicago, and um, Chicago's, it's a very segregated city. So, like, when I actually adopted my dog, they tell you, they're like, you have to expose your dog to skin colors of all kinds, or else one day he could freak out. So I was just like, oh, no, Chevy, like, why'd you bite Clark? Like, that's not why I showed you all those civil rights videos. Come on. But then he bit a white guy. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> bite that white man. Get him. Right? So it turns out my dog, he's not racist. He just, yeah, he just, he just hates men. And that's very progressive. All right? That's... I, uh, I grew up uh, going to like Catholic school, being, being a Catholic boy. Anybody else? Woo, yeah. Or, uh, yeah? Okay, yeah. That's the like, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, that's Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> not, not worth our applause. Yeah, it's... In, uh, when, you're, when you grow up Catholic in your mid-teens, you go through a ceremony called confirmation. And if you guys don't know what it is, it's basically a religious ceremony where the church gets you back under contract. <laughs> right? They're, they're locking you in for eternity. And uh, when you get confirmed, you get to pick a confirmation name. And all my friends, they weren't taking it seriously. They're going through the Bible looking for like a, like a St. Blaise, you know, or like a Pope Cunnilingus. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Like, I, like, I like Michael. Like, that's a great name. Like, why else would 90% of my class be called the same thing? Right? There were so many of us, when a teacher called on a Michael, she had to use the last four digits of her social security number. <laughs> right? So the day of the ceremony comes, and I'm standing in line, and the bishop, he calls me up, and he goes, Kneel, Michael. And arise, Michael, Michael! <laughs> I didn't know he was going to double up on the name. I thought he was going to swap it in for the consecrated Michael. 
And I got a big family, too. There's like 45 people in the church there to see me. And as the bishop said, Michael, Michael, you can actually hear all their poems slap their forehead at the same time. Like he just made the Catholicism blooper reel. Uh, thank you, guys. I've been Michael, Michael. Joyce. <laughs> Give it up for Michael. Michael Joyce. Hey, we got another uh, first timer to the show, and like that that person was great. So like now you're like, oh shit, I fucking love first timer, right? That's what you feel now. Where did I lose you? I was doing so great. For I was like, God, I was nailing, and then I talked to them. That's what it was. I opened myself up to you and made you feel as an audience that I, you know, cared for you and then you turned on me. This is how I'm doing emotionally. <laughs> is it too real? Okay, friends. Are you ready for more jokes? Woo! Is this person's first time on the show? When is somebody's first time on the show? We welcome them with a super loud round of applause. Let's hear it right now for Nick Culture, get up. Hey, everybody. Give it up for this whole show so far. Very cool. Uh, anybody here over 30 and still dealing with pimples? That makes me feel bad. Uh, I have acne. I always have, and I always will. I've had acne essentially since I've had a face. And I've had more pimples professionally popped that it would have been cheaper and easier to just get a new head. Um, and I used to be very depressed about it. And when I was in junior high, I went into the dermatologist. And the dermatologist said to me, Hey, don't feel bad. You know who else has acne? Brad Pitt. Oh, good thing I look just like that fucking guy. So let me get this straight. It's okay to have pimples so long as underneath those pimples is the most handsome face there's ever been. Also, no he doesn't. Fucking show it to me then. In junior high, you could see my acne from outer space. Brad Pitt does not have acne. You haven't had acne until you've had a pimple form on top of another pimple. Like, your acne is this evil slumlord that's like, there's no more room on the face? That's fine. We'll build up. <laughs> you haven't had acne until you go in to see the dermatologist and he says, you know, there's a drug called Accutane that'll clear your skin, but one of the side effects is suicidal depression, and you say, that is a great deal. <laughs> this is totally true. I've done Accutane four times, and four times a doctor has said to me, okay, but it might cause suicidal depression. And I said, do you know what definitely causes suicidal depression? The fact that I look like I just stared at the Ark of the Covenant. Please give me the suicide pill. Um, I'm 32 years old, which is a full adult. Uh, I was scared of growing up for a long time, but maybe not for the reasons you think. 
See, when I was a little kid, I had this uncle named Sean, and Sean was a real fun adult, and he made lots of jokes, and he did magic tricks, and as a child, I was 100% on board with Uncle Sean. And then one time, he was in my room, and he said to me, hey, check this out, and he sucked in a bunch of air, and he did a fake burp. But midway through the fake burp, he kind of lost control over it, and he barfed all over my bed. So it was just like... And Sean was very embarrassed, so he ran to the bathroom. And the thing to know about this story is that I was very young. So I didn't know that anything hadn't gone according to plan. Sean said to me, check this out, and then vomited. So I was like, oh, cool. Then, a year later, Sean was over at our house for an adult dinner party, and he was doing this real highbrow New Yorker-style joke where he'd go, oh, and one more thing, and then he'd fart. And that wasn't playing great at the adult dinner party, so he figured he'd bring it on into the seven-year-old's room. And he comes to my room, and he chats with me for a while, and then he goes, oh, Nicholas, one more thing, and he farts, but he kind of lost control over it. And he pooped his pants. And the thing about his pants is that they were shorts. So a little bit of poop splats onto my floor. And again, Sean is very embarrassed and runs to the bathroom. And again, I don't think that wasn't what he meant to do. So for a long time, I just thought, oh, I guess that's just adult humor. Occasionally, to punchline a joke, they'll evacuate their bowels. I didn't realize it was because Tom's di- Sean's digestive system is pure chaos. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with this little story. This is a true story of something that happened to me uh, two years ago when my father was in town to receive a humanitarian award for his work with Syrian refugees. Yeah, and this is, I talk about... Uh, farts and farts and barf. Um, so before I continue, I just want to make it clear that I made it through junior high, high school, and college without getting caught masturbating. You guys, I was so good. I was untouchable. I moved between the raindrops. Until two years ago when my father was staying with me, I was fairly certain I had locked my bedroom door, but apparently I hadn't because this really awesome thing happened where my father walked in on me masturbating. Now, what should have happened is my father should have followed the walking in on someone masturbating protocol, which, as we all know, is to go, oh my God, sorry, shut the door, and then leave. My father opted to do this different cool thing where he remained in the room talking to me as if nothing was going on. So now, there were about four things I needed to do to bring myself from a position of masturbating furiously to a position of speaking to an adult whose approval I subconsciously seek. First thing I need to do is exit out of a video entitled Blonde British Babysitter Has Sex on Food. Second thing I need to do... Move past it. Second thing I need to do... The second thing I need to do is remove my Bose noise-canceling headphones. 
the third thing I need to do is pull my pants back up. And the fourth thing I need to do is change my facial expression from one of to one of ha. Huh. I decide to skip steps one and two, figuring that the main priority is covering up my exposed penis. So I yank my pants back up. This is a little tricky because my belt was still fastened. So when I yank my pants up, belt buckle collides with erect penis, causing it to wobble up and down a bit and draw a lot more attention to itself. My new goal instantly becomes to get literally anything in between dick and dad. The nearest object is my bed. It's about five feet away. So I do this really cool trick where I fall to my knees, say something slick like, Oh, there are my coins. And then do this strange dick-out shuffle across the room over to behind my bed where I rest my elbows on it like, this is just how this cool guy talks to people in his room. Now, this was never going to work, but it especially didn't work because, if you'll recall, I skipped steps one and two. I had not exited out of the video, and I had not removed my noise-canceling headphones. So during my strange dick-out shuffle across the room, my headphones unplug from the computer, meaning that this incredibly awkward conversation with my father is now being scored by the sounds of a blonde British babysitter having sex on food. My father and I have a 10-minute-long conversation. The video ends and a new one begins while we're talking. Finally, he makes some excuse to leave. I finish masturbating. And then I watch him receive a humanitarian award. Thank you guys, I'm Nick Kocher. This episode of Put Your Hands Together is sponsored by Tomboy X. Tomboy X undies. They have great underwear. I love my Tomboy X underwear. I've got these really nice new rainbow ones. But here's the thing I like about it. They make anybody feel confident because they've got a bunch of different sizes. they got a bunch of different styles. Wherever you fall on the size or gender spectrum, they've got underwear that works for you. From bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts, to soft bras and racerback bras. All in everyday basic colors or fun seasonal prints. They've got sizes extra small to 4X. Tomboy X can fit your body and you can feel comfy. Go to tomboyx.com slash hands together and check out their special bundles and pack prices for Put Your Hands Together listeners. You can also get 15% off with the code hands together. Again, code hands together for an extra 15% off. That's tomboyx.com slash hands together. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Let's see right now for Dave. Well, friends, look, here's what's happening. We, uh, Dave was me, our last comic, but we just had a drop in, and I'm gonna let this, and we, I, we wanna let this person do some time. So, like, we're just gonna do, look at you, bonus comic. Wow, I can't believe, I can't believe your luck. Uh, hey, friends, 
please put your hands together. Welcome to stage, Eric Andre. Give it up for Eric. together friends how about everybody else you saw tonight how about me Cameron Esposito well we are here every week so I'll see you all next week have a great rest of your night put your hands together 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 Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.